everybody. This is Joel Junker, and thank you for joining us at the Cameron Brooks Podcast. The purpose of the Cameron Brooks Podcast is to share lessons learned uh, about managing your career, uh, finding balance in your life, and uh, bringing out the best in other people and in yourself. At Cameron Brooks, we're a military officer recruiting firm that helps officers make the transition from uh, the military into business. And we talk to many of our alumni uh, on, in conversations in these podcasts to draw out of them what they've done to establish themselves in their career, to set themselves apart as top performers. And obviously to do that, they have to work hard, but also how they find balance in their careers at the same time. Uh, so this podcast specifically is the second half of an interview that I did with Dave Barbuto, who is a former Army infantry officer that made the transition from uh, the Army into the business in 2005. He spent uh, the last 11 years with Assurian. Assurian is the uh, a company that if you lost, uh, had your cell phone stolen or damaged and you called uh, or had insurance and you called and had it replaced, that was likely through Assurian. He's the vice president of customer solutions there, uh, been promoted four times. Uh, and in this episode, he shares what he did early in his career to establish himself. And what I find really interesting, actually, is the second tip that he gets. He talks about uh, not comparing yourself to others. Very easy to do in life and at work. And finally, uh, somebody that's really busy, he, uh, he talked about what he does to find balance in his life. And it means leaving work at a specific time each day. So enjoy the podcast. And uh, if you want to learn more about Cameron Brooks, go to our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. You're an officer thinking about making the transition. Get a copy of PCS to Corporate America, which you can order from Amazon.com. Uh, and always reach out to us. Take care. If you could talk to Dave Barbuto, 2005, 2006, first couple of years at Assurian, what would you say to Dave today is like a piece of advice you would give the, the young Dave Barbuto just starting out his career? You know, it would probably be um, try to get as many different experiences as possible. You know, I've, I've ultimately ended on a, um, a general management sort of track. You know, I think, of, I think of the business world as sort of either specialized or general management. You're, you're either a general management leader over large span organizations or you're a specialized individual or leader over a very, you know, unique group of people that have a certain skill set. I've ultimately taken a general management route, but I didn't realize it the whole way. And, um, you know, the skills that I've gotten along the way have helped to make that possible. Uh, had I known and, and realized early on those two differences, those two different paths, uh, and, and, and I would have known at that time that general management was more, more interesting to me because it's it just part of my personality would be, I would, have, I would have spent a little bit more time or I would have given myself the advice to spend a little bit more time focused on picking up a diverse set of skills, you know, picking up project management, picking up process improvement, doing some analytical work, doing some team leadership work. Uh, I got those skills, but it wasn't in a deliberate sort of thoughtful way. It was much, I just happened into some of them along the way. Um, that's what I would say, you know, is, is you know, look for opportunities. And so a lot of times those opportunities are lateral opportunities. Uh, and coming out of the military, getting that experience in business, I think the more you can soak up um, skills, uh, just the leadership skills you have are going to 
propel you really far and people are going to see that uh, and they're going to value it heavily down the road. Um, but when you first join an organization, they're likely, they're likely most keyed in on how are you picking up the business aspects. So I think immersing yourself in lots of different areas to pick up skills is really important. So that's the advice that you would give to to somebody, to yourself, obviously somebody to share with somebody else that's making the transition. What for you, and I've met a couple of the people that you work for um, uh, when you were coming back to, re to recruit uh, several times and smart people, good people, what is some of the best advice or what is the best advice that you've received in your career? Um, you know, it, it probably there's you know some was early on in that failure when my when my boss when I was in the military told me you better have you better have evaluated what you could have done differently. That was certainly powerful advice. Um, in my business career, I would say, you know, there are times where you will your expectation is that you should be that you are ready for a promotion and that you should be getting promoted. Um, and it's easy to look around you. Uh, and and see those that are being promoted around you and go, well, I'm as good as that person. In fact, I may be stronger than that individual at certain things or, or several things. And, um, you know, through dialogue with one of, my, one of my leaders, you know, he described to me basically, hey, look, you're, when you sit here and compare yourself to others and how others are moving in the organization, you will almost always be disappointed because you will never think that, you know, you couldn't have been, uh, you couldn't have moved up equally as fast or, or to a certain role. Uh, so the only thing you can't control is yourself. You have to have faith in your own leadership and the organization. Um, you got to put yourself in the right situations, all those sorts of things. But comparing yourself is a really destructive habit. Now, that doesn't mean you're not competitive. It doesn't mean that you're not ambitious. It just means looking at the success of someone else um, and going, well, how come not me? It's just a really negative behavior and ultimately it makes you pretty unhappy. So staying really focused on being happy for that individual, finding out why they did so well and what it, what it, it took for them to get to that level or to get that next promotion, um, and then applying that is much more constructive. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just, just true in life overall. I mean, not just sure. at work. Yeah. The more you, you compare yourself and you think you've arrived, you, you're, there's always going to be somebody out there that's smarter than you, that has more money than you, that looks better than you, that has a bigger house, drives a better car, you name it. And so if you spend your life comparing yourself, which is very easy to do, and I admit that you know, I, I still do it today, I wouldn't say it's a big habit of mine, but you catch yourself doing it. Yeah, you get together at reunions, yeah. you go to weddings or whatever. Those, those natural times together to compare yourself. And what I do to help me from thinking that way or getting caught up in that, because, again, a natural tendency, is that every day, um, usually in the morning, sometimes it's in the evening, uh, I keep a journal. And in that journal, I write three or four things that I'm grateful for. Uh, for that day that are very specific and it, you know it's, and I, I'll, and I try to be unique and different I try to find something unique and different but it always comes back to my family specifically my, my children and my spouse and what each one of them that I really like 
people that I work with at work, I'm at work, I'm very blessed that I still have my parents and my wife's parents are both still alive and active in my kids' lives. And every time I write down those things I'm really grateful for, I'm never, I'm never grateful for my job title. I'm grateful for the meaningful work that I have, the people I work with. But that keeps me, nice. I'm going to share this tip with everybody else because it's what keeps me grounded to do an exercise in gratitude every day. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, and I think um, I think that if you don't get caught up in your own title and you don't get caught up in like where you sit in the organization, you just um, you just focus on how you can be helpful to the company. I think generous th- things are going to go well. Things are going to be um, things are going to be you're going to be happy with the work you're doing. Um, the company's going to be happy with the work you're doing, and you're going to be a lot more satisfied. Um, and ultimately, I think you're a much better leader in that regard because your people don't really care what your title is. They, don't, they really don't care. Um, they don't care how you feel about your role generally. Um, that's not interesting to them. Um, so, so not getting caught up in it, I think, is, is just really healthy all around. So in the last podcast, Dave, I talked. Um, in the last podcast, I uh, talked to... Um, uh, Beth Galitis um, from Johnson and Johnson, and uh, she was talking about some of this type of same thing with success. And I mentioned this book, Grit, to her. And you're going back to this: this if you focus on what's good for the company, what's good for others. In the book, Grit, and I'm going to get this wrong because I can't, I couldn't pronounce it when I read it. I'm certainly not going to get it right without it in front of me. There's basically two ways to de- derive pleasure or happiness. There's hedonic uh, pleasure, which is like self, it's just it's focused on you, like hedonism. I want more of this, I want more of that. And there's certainly some of that to to being happy, but it, you're never going to truly feel feel fulfilled. It's the people that that are eudonic pleasure, and that is I get a lot of satisfaction out of serving another person, helping somebody else, the organization be more successful. It's more outward focused. Those are the ones that are less anxious, less depressed, happier in life when they're less focused on themselves. So going back to if you're focused on my promotion, when am I going to get this raise, what is in it for me versus, hey, it first starts if I give. And what can I do for the organization? What can I do to mentor somebody else and develop somebody else? Then I'm going to receive in return. That, um, that makes a lot of sense. I think. Um I think understanding the difference between those two is really helpful, you know, just uh, and how people sort of view themselves and their own levels of perseverance and how they how they achieve and how they succeed. I think, uh, you know, I, I often find that my job is my is, is uh, it centers in a lot of ways around understanding why people behave the way they behave, and and um, when you when you understand that, I think it's a lot easier to, to to be an effective leader for them, to be helpful in their job, to coach them on areas where they need help. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I I think that's a, I think that's a really interesting perspective. Of course, I probably didn't get the the the, the terms right, but hopefully, get the, people get the idea. So, I've got I have. Two more questions for you, and then I'll turn it over. You can ask me any questions that you want. Um, so my, my, one of my last questions 
is one of the things that I really like about this generation that which they're calling the millennials or the Gen Y or whatever they may be, while there's some things in the press that people find some frustrating with them, one of the things I really like about them is they want to live a life of purpose. Um, and if someone were to take a Shurian, for example, and say, well, you provide insurance for handsets or all these other devices. I mean, you can really say it's insurance, it's warranty backup, it's connecting people. Certainly you can find, with digitization, you can, you can find purpose in that. But I have a feeling, Dave, that you probably find purpose in some other ways in your life and in work. How do you find purpose in your career? I, um, when I, when I was in the military, it was really easy. Uh, you know, as an infantry officer, it was about making sure you, you know, executed your mission and brought all of your all of your guys home, right? Everybody, you know, the job was to execute the mission and bring everybody home, and that was real noble, real clear, uh, real easy to wrap your head around, really easy to get motivated about, right? It was it had uh, it had gravity, it was intense, it was serious, and it was meaningful, and the purpose was clear. And when I got out of the military, it was, you know, I did struggle a little bit with that question. Like, you know, what is what is it about the business world that gets me as motivated to perform at a high level as that did? Uh, no one, no one's life hangs in the balance in the business world. There's no, there's no level of uh, execution that is as meaningful as that, uh, you know, on a on a battlefield somewhere that matters in the same way. And um, so I'd say for probably a good year, I sort of I struggled with, man, this is not the same, and I am not as it's hard to find the same sense of purpose. What I have come to realize, um, and what motivates me every day is, while I don't have people whose lives are at risk every do every day, I do have people who want to provide for their families, and they want to have a great life outside of work, and they want to be able to send their their kids or their spouse on trips or to college or to, you know, to have a life that they desire to have outside of this place. And so my motivation every day for work and my sense of purpose is coming into work and trying to find opportunities for people on my team to grow and develop, for them to get more responsibility, ultimately for that responsibility to turn into compensation that allows them to live the life they want to live outside of this place because I don't think any of them care more about this place than they do their 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 life outside. And uh you can you can wrap your head around that. You can get pretty motivated about taking care of people on your team and and providing them with opportunities that allow them to grow and take care of their families. That's that's something noble and encouraging and motivating. Uh again different than the military but I think uh you know really important and and uh it has the same intensity. So that's what motivates me every day. That's why I get up and come to work. And every conversation I have that I think is helpful to folks in, in achieving more for themselves is, uh, is, a real, is a real, you know, real positive moment for me. And I said there was two more questions. I actually, that was one, and I have two more after that. So how, how do you, well, I think maybe, and I could be wrong on this, this Assurian used to have a plan where we don't have any program vacation plan. That's still true. Yep, sure is. So, 
so you don't have a program time off plan. Why is that? Um, we've we've tried to uh, you know it's a gr it's a great system. So for our professional employees, we do not have a set vacation policy. There's not a certain number of days you earn uh, or days that are tracked. And, and the purpose is really we trust you as an employee, and we're trying to find and hire people that we think are motivated about being successful, driving great results, achieving for the team and for themselves. And when you find those right people, they're not the type of folks that are going to abuse that sort of program. Uh, they're going to get their work done when they have to get their work done. They're going to honor their commitments to the, to the company and to their peers. They're going to achieve the results they have to achieve. They're, they're going to make sure that you know, while they're out, the right things have been put in place so that the business can keep running. Um, and ultimately, dialogue between that person and their boss is all that's necessary to find and schedule that time off. And, um, you know, in all the years I've been here, I've never heard of anybody abusing the system where they've taken too much time off, and I've never heard anybody complain about the fact that they don't get enough time off. Uh, and it does. It speaks to trust. It's about us trusting our employees and creating an environment where, you know, we expect you to take time off, and but we also expect you to get your job done. And to the extent that you manage those two, uh, like an adult, you know, more power to you, and, and it seems to work really well. Okay, still not getting to my. I'm not. I haven't gotten to my real question yet because I have a. Uh, <laughs> I want. I want. I, I have a real question on my company. But you actually brought something up. But do you see people go the opposite direction? Because there's no policy that says you could take 15 days, 20 days, whatever it is. They just work so crazy that they're not taking time off and burning themselves out. I mean, it's possible. I think that's possible. Um, you know, I. Um, that would ultimately show up somewhere. It would show up in attrition. It would show up in performance. It would show up in some other level. I mean, nobody can sustain some, you know, a regimen of, you know, uh, no vacation, no time off. You would see that. And I think being connected to your team in a meaningful way gives you that exposure. You know, one of the things I, I do, and I know I encourage folks on my team to do, and I know a lot of my peers do, is focus groups with folks on the team. And they're informal, and you sit down, and you grab lunch as a group, and you get four or five folks, and you just ask them how things are going. And it's not a it's not a checkup on their boss. It's not a you know you don't get information out of that, and then go talk to their boss about why they should do something differently. It's really about getting a pulse for the team at multiple levels within the organization. How's the team feel? How are things going? What things can we be doing better? What can I personally do better as a leader? How can I help you more? And and, and you know that dialogue gives you great insight into the into the morale of the team and to the level of energy that they have or or that they need to have. You know it's it's um that, that it's a great way to check on you know hey are we running too hard and are people not getting the right amount of time off? So. Then this leads to the real question I want to: How do you find balance in your life? Whether that be how you stay in fit, Dave, often take vacations. What are you doing for hobbies? Because I think some people that are real developmental, motivated, especially even the military, where the military just can pile, can fill your whole cup of life full if you really let them. So you get out into the business world, and you know, business isn't going to do that to you. How do you find balance? And what are the things are you doing to keep your your couple your life of the cup of life full, if you will? Yeah, I mean, I uh, my I have a pretty regimented schedule that I like to stick to. I'm I'm a creature of habit. 
uh, I think it just helps me. I don't know if it, I, I'm quite confident that the military built that into my into my DNA when I was much younger. Um, but I think it's been an enormous, enormously helpful characteristic. So I have a very specific schedule. You know, when I get up in the morning, what what happens before I get out the door, and the two things that are included in that every day are, you know, working out and spending time with my kids before they go off to school. Um, and then in the evening, I, I try to have a very specific uh, time every day that I leave work. Uh, and there are, you know, there are instances, there's always going to be instances where you can't stick to that because work demands, you know, a later meeting or some uh, event in the evening. But I'm pretty regimented about, hey, this is this is the time of day where I'm going to leave and I'm going to, you know, get home to the to my wife and kids and hang out and we're going to spend time together. So, I mean, I think that that the, the regimented nature of my schedule is certainly helpful. I think the other piece is, um, you know, if you have a great team and if you really are working towards building a team that's empowered and can drive results without you having to be involved in all of it, your willingness to step away, and they do the same thing, by the way, with their teams, then everybody at every, at every level gets to unplug, uh, whether that's on the weekends or the evenings or on vacation. Um, I, I tend to look at folks that can't do that as people that haven't built a good team. Uh, they haven't built a team that can support them when they're gone. They haven't built a team that can... Uh, can make decisions without them. So, you know, it's sort of self-fulfilling. And you know, if you're if you're a wild person at work and work crazy hours, then you you are likely not someone that has empowered a team to to take on the full share of their task. It's not always the truth, but I, more often than not, I find that to be the case. All right, best book that you've read that you would recommend to other people? Um, you know, I really like Malcolm Gladwell books. I find them fascinating. Uh, I really enjoyed Outliers. Um, uh, it's not necessarily a business book, and it's not a business book, but it does talk about the characteristics and, and conditions of really successful people, people that are outliers in their given field. Um, and, you know, one of the main tenets of making them an outlier is practice and the 10,000-hour rule. And, and, you know, until you've achieved 10,000 hours of practice, you probably won't reach the pinnacle of a given of a given skill set or, or trait uh, or, or uh, you know, or activity. And so I find that one, that one's really fascinating to me and it just reinforces the idea that, you know, doing the work and practicing the work, are, there's no substitute for that. Dave, you've been great. I appreciate you uh, taking about an hour of your time to, to be with me today. I was going to let you turn the tables and ask me questions, but I've taken all your time, so maybe I'll have to get on your schedule in a couple months or something like that. I would love to do that. That would be great.